Winning Retirement Radio. How to deal with inflation and some fun, sweet stories along the way, all coming up. If you have questions, take advantage of some of the complimentary resources at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Before we get into the hot topics this week, I thought we would talk about a new change that is a result, unfortunately, from the pandemic. And I hate to say it, but it is. Movies, the way we consume them, the way they're available. I mean... I loved going to the movie theater. It was one of my favorite jobs was being the mm-hmm. assistant manager of a movie theater. And there's nothing like getting the hot buttered popcorn secret. Tell them fill it halfway, butter on the bottom half, then fill the top, oh, butter yeah. on the top. And the fountain beverage that goes with it. But I haven't been to the movies and I can't tell you how long. We went recently to see the new Avatar movie. Oh, okay. And, and so Easton Town Center, in our mind, has the best theater here in town, the AMC theater, and they have the lounge chairs, you know, the leather recliners. And and so you can choose your own seat and we can sit up there and get butter all over each other. Oh my goodness. Here it goes. Here it goes. Don't let him lie to you folks. There's none of that going on. (laughs) Not with Kristen. And also, Greg, that did sound a little That's funny. That was a lot. That was a lot. I wasn't ready. But what's your favorite movie snack when you go to the movies? you got to have the popcorn layered in the butter. Yes. That's your favorite? Mm Mm-hmm. I do like popcorn, but I don't like it with the butter. I like it just salted. Is that because you're trying to be healthy? I just like the taste of it better. I don't like all that grease. But I also like to get Twizzlers. Oh, Twizzlers are good. Do you bite off each end and then drink a Coca-Cola out of it? Yeah, yeah, I've strong. done that. That's fun. As a yeah. kid, I used to do that. Everyone likes those red vines. That's what they sell. Yes. Like, no, those are like shoe leather. Yeah, I don't like those <laughs> as much. No, I, I like the Twizzlers, not the red vines. And the boys like getting those um, cookie dough bites. Oh, yeah. They like all that stuff. And But talk about inflation. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. Sometimes we'll go to Target and get uh, mm. the movie snacks and stick them in the coat pocket because they're like five to six bucks. Now for... people are going to see us and they're going to be like, can we check your bag? <laughs> hey, that's okay. You're not alone. I just don't Sir, go to let Target. Me check I, your go purse. To the, I go to the dollar store or uh. the grocery store. It's usually cheaper there. But all this movie talk reminds me there was an announcement from AMC recently, which is America's largest movie chain. They're introducing tiered pricing for seats inside their theaters. And I I also saw where Regal was closing a certain amount of theaters nationally. Those are the two bigger chains that we still have. But tiered pricing for the seats inside, that's going to bring up a very important debate in the world of Kristen Charles. Where do you guys like to sit in a movie theater? Well, actually, when we go to the AMC, we sit in the very top back row because that way we don't have to worry about somebody being behind us and Mm -hmm. talking and messing around. I'm a middle back, so it's probably mm. going to be one of the more expensive seats if we both probably like the back row. not the <laughs> probably. I mean, not I the always, floor. The floor yes. seat's going to be like a dollar. You know, nobody's sitting on the floor. It's but all you know, and... what I will say is that people have been used to paying tiered pricing for venues for years. I mean, if you go to a, a Buckeye basketball game or or a Buckeye football game, it's just opposite. The nosebleeds yeah. are going to cost more, and the ones on the floor next to the theater are going to be the cheap ones nobody <laughs> wants to be no no one wants back. to be on that front row yeah. where you you know you're getting a sore neck by the end of the day <laughs> that's true that's true well the news lately it doesn't matter where or how you watch it or hear it it's been interesting when it comes to the financial world and 
Looks like, thankfully, we're back to calmer 25 basis point rate hikes from the Fed. We're going to be cautious about about declaring victory and you know sending signals that uh, that we think that the game is won because it, you know it's we've got a long way to go. It's just it's the early stages of disinflation, and it's most welcome to be able to say that that we are now in disinflation. Reserve Chair Jerome Powell also said they're discussing a couple more hikes to get things where they think they need to be. And so my question to you guys, because you have fiduciaries on the team at Legacy Retirement Group, Greg, you are one. Do you guys think this is truly a sign that progress is being made to bring inflation down or is it not that black and white? And I ask because people that are retired are sort of on a fixed income. I was always confused when my grandparents said that, but it means they're living off the money they accumulated for retirement and income from Social Security, maybe rental income, other things. There's no new paychecks coming in the house, and those still higher prices are leaving an impact on everybody's bottom line. Yeah, I mean, I think the the word disinflation is a softer word than deflation, right? Because I don't recall that being a buzzword in previous economic downturns. It, no. was, it was usually inflation, deflation, and they've kind of thrown this out there. And of course, it's always been a word. It's just they're using that to show the slower rate of inflation's happening, right? Instead mm-hmm. of saying, okay, we're not deflating, which everyone goes straight to recession, right, in their mind mm-hmm. when they think of deflation. So I think that's their way of, of getting that softer landing. And it, and it is true to some extent, prices have come down um, in some areas. However, it's more of that the prices aren't going up as fast. That's what disinflation is okay. versus deflation. But I do think that's still also residual from COVID and the worker shortages companies have had, the, the supply shortages we've had, and people now are not going to pay those prices that they could afford to pay a year ago, two years ago, or even a year ago, really, because, you know, wages haven't gone up as fast. So I think all those things are coming together. And it definitely means good things for the market from what I've seen, right, Greg? I mean, mm-hmm. would you say that that's, that's the case there? At least short term, the market has started to rebound just mm-hmm. from some, at least an inkling of positive news. At least, Kristen, the families we've been meeting with here recently the big concern has been, okay, how is this going to play out for our family? How do we pay our bills? How do we maintain our lifestyle and not be afraid that we're going to outlive our money or afraid that we're going to have to change the way we live? And, and, and so that boils down to our personal economy. And in this uncertain time, I mean, the last three years really have just been a roller coaster ride mm-hmm. from being in the depths to things looking good to things being in the depths again. And now we're starting to get just a little ray of hope, but more than ever, I think it's important that every person that's 59 and a half, 60 years old and older have a retirement income strategy. I'm not talking about the old 4% rule, put 50% in stocks, 50% in bonds, pull out 4% and you might not outlive your money. I'm talking about a solid retirement plan, a written plan. And this is where I think a lot of the retirement planning things are falling short. People don't have a written plan for how they're going to take out income. They don't know exactly when each piece is going to kick in and how they're going to be able to maintain that lifestyle. If you need $100,000 a year to live in retirement, how are you going to generate that 
in an up and down market like this and not worry that you're going to outlive your retirement savings. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you've saved enough, but you know, we're talking to family. Brent, one of our advisors this past week, met with a family. They had saved about $400,000 in their portfolio, and he sat down with them, and, and they were concerned because they're like, okay, we had over $500,000. Now we only have four. How are we going to be able to get that income? And so what Brent do? He, he pulled up our income software. He was able to step-by-step, line-by-line, year-by-year, set up a plan and show them exactly how that plan was going to work, exactly how they were going to have that income provided for them, how we were going to protect their income, and then grow the rest. So my perspective on this next conversation is I grew up on the coast, specifically the East Coast in South Carolina, living near the ocean, Certain environmental factors are right there in your face. So, yeah, you recycle and pick up after yourself. It's not political at all. Because <laughs> anytime in certain circles, you say. I know. But for a while, there have been some investors that prefer to practice socially conscious investing. And I mean, I guess that's fine. I mean, it's your money, it's your choice. Sure, that's the great thing about this country. But now, politics about the environment and other hot button issues could be getting into our 401ks. Late last year, the Biden administration's Department of Labor unveiled a rule regarding environmental, social, and governance called ESG, Investment Priorities, and it went into effect recently. And from what I understand, guys, it allows asset managers to include socially conscious stocks in 401k plans. And according to Fox Business, I mean, this could impact the retirement funds of more than 152 million Americans. And knowing our listeners, I think more people are likely going to ask questions of their 401k administrator or possibly want to take more control over their 401k if they can. Before Greg starts talking, because I won't get a word in edgewise, I want to say that, you know, the way it was poised was it permits, but it's called the Biden rule. So which one is it? Is it a mandate or is it a permission to do so? That's been my issue with it. So it's okay if it's an offering that I can choose from. But to me, what it sounds more like is a mandate to have something as a part of plans. Mm. Well, I mean, anytime that they're calling it a rule, then you wonder because there's so many things they introduced to be, you know, supposedly fair and balanced to Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it becomes, you know, requirement. Mm Mm-hmm. But this environmental, social, and governance, this is the problem that so many of the families that come in to visit with us have because, look, I am not a wasteful person. It was drilled into me as a child, don't litter. Mm -hmm. But the things that they're throwing at us with this climate stuff and all the ways they're trying to throw it on us, and to me... It feels like they're using it as a tool to control us. You know, this has been an issue for me personally because my wonderful husband bought me a car this past year, and that car happens to be a Tesla. And it's beautiful. I am definitely a person that recycles. We fill up our red can every week. However, I am not stupid. I know that driving an electric car doesn't mean that I'm higher up on the environmental consciousness 
over someone that drives a cast car because, let's face it, the battery's got to be made somewhere and there's lots mm-hmm. of waste that gets put out when yep. that battery's made. Yep. But when I drive it, people are mad at me. What? They're honking at me. Oh, yeah. It's become such a polarizing political uh. issue versus just the do the right thing issue like Chris and you and I have mm-hmm. talked about. Like, you know, we care about the environment, but but let's not make it, you know, Republicans don't care about the environment and Democrats do. By the Let's way, make it that. I read the other day that everything Elon Musk discovered when it comes to Tesla and making this happen, he shared so that other people, you know, if they want to follow suit and help the environment, they can. But he's also into capitalism. So it can go both ways, guys. It really can. So this ESG stuff, environmental, social, governance, it just sounds to me like the government's trying to get their hands into our business any way they can. Now, here's the problem. Where do we go? Because it's going to be pushed on us in our 401ks. Mm -hmm. The big box stores. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention any of them by name, but they're all pretty much the same. Now, not only are they trying to attract clients, but they're also worried about their ESG scores. Ah, Here's, here's another problem I have. How can you be a fiduciary if you have an agenda? Mm, that's true, Greg. And it doesn't really matter what the agenda is. You can call it ESG. You can call it annuities. You can call it stocks. You can call it bonds. Look, if you only go to a store that sells Maytag appliances, and they may have the best appliances out there. I don't know. But if they only sell Maytags and they try to tell you that don't buy this brand, don't buy that brand, why? Because we only sell Maytags, there's a problem. If, if I'm a big box store and all I do is sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs, and I try to tell everybody how annuities are bad, that's a problem. If I'm one of these people that only sells insurance products and I try to scare everybody from investing in the market... Now you have a problem. If I want to control people's lives and I'm pushing this ESG stuff on them, now I have a problem. And so here's the trouble. If you're listening and you invest through one of these big box stores, can they be a fiduciary? Well, legally, they're not fiduciaries. If it's a broker dealer, they are not legally obligated to do what's in your best interest. What they are legally obligated to do is sell you something that's not a scam. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's different from not being scammed to working with somebody that has your best interest. But, you know, when I look inside at my core beliefs, I believe in my God. I believe in this great country of ours, the United States of America. And I believe in freedom. Kristen and I send our boys to a Christian school. That's our freedom to do so. I don't want somebody telling me where I have to send my children to school. I don't want somebody telling me what I have to invest in. I don't want somebody telling me that this is good or that is good or this is bad or that is bad only because that's what they have to offer. To me, that is not fair and that is not right. Mm -hmm. So as an American, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with people pushing it. I have a problem with people trying to convince me that somehow I'm not as good an American if I don't go by this environmental, social, and governance. I'll call it nonsense because in my mind, that's what it is. And so don't push that stuff on me. You know, I don't send my children to 
a public school because I don't want them putting their social agenda in the minds of my children. And I don't but want that, their agendas pushed on my finances. investing. Right, yeah. And I think it's important to point that out. It's not because you don't agree with ESG. I mean, you don't agree with it being pushed, but... Uh-huh. When you argue something, it's all of a sudden you hate it. You hate the person, you hate the thing, you hate it all. Right. We drive a Tesla. <laughs> right. You like driving my car. Mm-hmm. So we care. That's I mean, fast. It's, <laughs> well, that's why you like it. It picks I up like, real fast. I like that I don't have to get out of the car in the winter and get gas. Because my but, dad you know, used to say, I make good time in that car. <laughs> the, the, the car was a bad example, but we recycle. Let's just say that. Yes. Because, you know, why We're not? responsible. It doesn't hurt anything no. for us to put it in a different container, right? Right. But it's just we don't want it forced on us. Exactly. And so here's the thing. You know, I probably ran it a little too much today, but listen, do you even know what's in your portfolio? Do you know if they're sneaking that stuff inside your portfolio? Do you have a target date fund? Do you have a mutual fund? Do you have an ETF, an exchange-traded fund? Do you even know what the advisors are investing in? Look, we have hand-picked team of advisors that manage our clients' portfolio. We don't do it all in-house. Why? Because we're meeting with families like yours all day long. We've entrusted a group of fiduciaries, of CFPs. So our third-party portfolio management team will review every single portfolio that comes in, and our CFPs there test what's happening in your portfolio to see the risk, the return, to make sure that you understand exactly what's inside your portfolio, make sure that it actually fits for where you are right now in your retirement life. Then when it's all said and done, provide a written plan for each and every one of our clients so you can see exactly where you are when it comes to risk, when it comes to return, when it comes to whether or not your portfolio is meeting your standards. Connect now at winningretirementradio.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issue company.